Hello everybody, in this podcast I spoke to Zishan Khan. Zishan shared his incredible journey from being homeless to 15 to 20 years ago to now living more or less off the land on the west coast of Wales. He spoke to me on top of a hill, he was outside and a couple of cows made appearances in the background if you end up watching the video rather than just the audio. Um, he's a big proponent of organic and biodynamic farming. He shared his concerns and uh, I'm sure the concerns of many other people on the way that we're going at the moment as a species, where how we're taking advantage of all the resources that the planet offers us. He's very much in tune with nature. You can tell that when you, when you speak to him. He studied Rudolf Steiner's work in quite a lot of depth and he, he tends to bring that out in his delivery too. He shared his opinion on current worldly affairs too. He was very against a lot of what's been going on with the totalitarian tiptoe uh, that we're seeing at the moment. And this is only part one of the conversation. His battery was running out as he was on top of a hill uh, for, for, to get a decent enough signal. His battery started to run out, so this was only part one. Part two is going to be out uh, in the middle of next week, all being well. So enjoy this episode. I really, really enjoy talking to him. He's a very down-to-earth guy, and I'm sure he's going to be going places too in the future. So enjoy this episode. Zish, thank you for joining me for Project Sovereign. Oh, great to be here, Alex. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate oh. the, the time to be here with you. Oh, thank you very much. I, f I first saw you on Facebook, Zish. Uh, I think it was probably like six months ago or something. Um, I enjoyed the content that you were putting out. It aligns with a lot of like the beliefs that I hold about current worldly affairs. And, you know, it's quite intriguing. To, to, to obviously when you see people talking your language it's it's intriguing to see like how they've got to where they've got to so could you like talk to me a little bit about your history how you've ended up living on the west coast of wales and uh, sort of living off the land and that sort of thing okay so yeah of course that that would be great so oh so i suppose the journey starts 1994 uh, i was part of that sort of rebel youth britain the 90s free parties free festivals uh just before the criminal justice bill and was kind of come from a kind of broken family and was kind of like homeless maybe going down the route of sort of drugs and you know parties and all that kind of stuff and i ended up sort of getting out of the town I was I'm from Newport Gwent and uh, anyone, anyone that goes there knows it's kind of compared to well you could think Goldie looking chain or you could think uh, they've actually compared it to Glasgow in the sense of you know it's roughness and all that kind of stuff it's a little town that's kind of at the foot of the valleys but it's also quite a, a monumental place because obviously there were the things like the Chartist revolts and you know it's like that boundary between Wales coming into England and People often, you know, like here in Wales, we're getting this whole austerity thing, you know, people, they're not austerity, uh, you know, wanting to be Welsh and free from the rest of the, the country yeah. and being independent. But people often forget that it was actually the people in London that actually took away their language. And you'll often meet people here today and they'll say, you know, the, the broad Welsh, because here it's the first language. 
And they'll say to you stuff like, oh, there was points where in school we weren't even allowed to talk Welsh. And if we did, we were, we were proper penalised for it. And so Newport is like that kind of the border. It's like the, almost like because you've got the bridge. It's like the border between being allowed into England. You know, they, they try and flip it now. It's like, oh, you know, it's but you have to pay to come into Wales now. I think they've got rid of it since the whole COVID thing. But anyway, I went over to England. There was a, I thought I was going to a rave. I ended up at some kind of road protest and I met a load of hippie mothers, like, uh, you know, women of the earth. And we were living in sort of earthen benders and the idea of like sort of community, you know, living in these earthen structures. And I met some wild people. And what was interesting, we were eating communally, the Hare Krishnas were there feeding us, um, all walks of life, you know, people like the George Monbiot, who I thought was quite cool, at the t- you know, quite an interesting man, like an activist, and, and uh, Rooney, I there's um, some man on the BBC, his wife was there, like a news speak woman, and started to meet a lot of people around Bath, and living up there on that mountain, met some earth mothers, and they introduced me to natural foods, so things like miso. And from that moment on, I thought, well, there's no point in going back to Newport. There's not much there going on for me. And started to live in Somerset and made friends with a man called Nick. His mother was, his grandmother was Dion Fortune. We went over to Glastonbury. Glastonbury was quite, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was good. We watched the film about the Kogi Mamas, a story from the, uh, to the BBC from these indigenous people in Colombia. And they all wore white suits and, that was quite interesting. And mm. from there, then I started to go on this journey of kind of, um, of food. Miso is where it started, really, and water. Uh, around that time, there was a lady, the cross bath in Bath was still hot. And legend had it, there was a king that lived on this hill. We were all living on this hill called Salisbury Hill. Peter Gabriel did a song called uh, Salisbury Hill. And we're living up there and living close to the earth in these little thickets. And it was quite amazing, really. And uh, and we were but we were like sort of battling this uh, this this road that they wanted to build, and they were going to destroy badgers' habitats, and they were going through an ancient forest, and you had all these eco warriors in the trees. I think there were genuine protesters, people that genuinely cared about these ancient oaks, and you know they were going to try and move the badgers, and it didn't make any sense trying to move a set, you know, and we're going to put them into plastic tubing, and it, the whole thing was just. You know, they could have put the route somewhere else, but they decided to go for this ancient site. Mm. And you, you'll hear stories about they've gone through ancient hills in Ireland. My friend Sharno's done a whole story about that and music behind it. And they seem to go through these ancient archaeological points because it seems like they're, the Romans are still active. Like I said, you're on a Roman yeah. road. <laughs> well, we're, we're still experiencing that, that conquering, really. And, you know, so while I was up there, anyway, um, water you would go down into Bath and the water was really, really hot because, as I was saying, there was a legend. The legend was King Bladdard, he was like a Merlin. You can see this organ head. I'll send, you, uh, I'll send you an image of it later. This organ head. And if you looked at it one way, it was like uh, an owl. You looked at it the other way and it's a cat. And he looks like this wild sort of cat owl head with like wings. Right. And the legend had it. He was on this mountain. He was like a pig herder. And he was banished from his kingdom because he had leprosy. Well, then he walked down and what is now Bath, he was there with these pigs. Now, these pigs were supposed to be like these goddesses or something manifested as shapeshifted into pigs. 
and they took him down into this ancient forest and as they because they wallow and they forage for the truffles and what have you and you know like a pig in in the water and everything they found the ancient water which became the healing water and he put this on his leprosy and apparently his leprosy went right then we had the healing waters well my friend maggie at the time she was the crossbar steward like a kate bush and they, we went down to see her and she was like yeah come on in and the water back then was still hot it was like a proper therapeutic you could have gone in there now they've kind of she was at the time she said she was battling some sort of italian person that wanted to buy it and then they were going to filter off the water and do all this yeah, stuff and yeah. if you go there today you'll see that the water's very warm but from that moment again i started to drink water like spring water yeah and i think yeah. that was where me and you our conversation started really was about water and so from there i, I met uh, the mother of my four children and then started to just go on this this journey of food and organic gardening and that's how you've got to and that's where you are today are you are you living completely off the land uh so so i suppose if i fast forward then from 94 mm. around 2001 i was actually uh, homeless living in a forest and uh we were living in a woods and a forest again spring water and all that kind of stuff looking for opportunities on organic farms because there were two of us we uh they would they'd ever go we'll have you but we won't have you and was, <laughs> so i was a little bit i was still quite a little bit rebellious to be fair yeah and <laughs> and so 2001 we had our first child and there's a wise man said the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those that cannot read and write but will be those that cannot unlearn relearn and learn again mm-hmm. so we we put that into our parenting. So we, we were expecting our first child, Nula. Uh, we were living in this forest, Bruham Forest, around uh, Somerset. And while we were in there, I'll never forget it, we were in there walking with a load of uh, gun dogs and stuff. And we were in there with our cats, living in a tent. I was selling the big issue. I, I didn't want it to be my destiny. I was like, I'm getting myself out of this situation. And, uh, you know, and that was quite interesting. I was like, you know, I wasn't there on heroin. I was there genuinely trying to, you know, make something happen from nothing. Mm. And, uh, and that worked. But the big issue man booted me off the site. He went and called the police. And he said, he's on my site. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that didn't work. But it actually did work for a moment. You know, the, I think it's the frequency of how you do something. It's yeah, not yeah, the time. Yeah. Mm. I think it's the quality and the frequency of how you do it. And I quickly got off there. We're in the forest walking with these gun dogs and one day I remember very clearly we were walking down this track in this very dense forest and me and Kate with these gun dogs came again across this deer um, like a baby deer and it was like nestled into the bough of the tree and uh, we kind of stopped and we were like and me and Kate were like look at that and then we were like let's go back so we like backtracked and the dogs didn't see it it's like she must have been covered in Mother must have put her in this tree for and scented mm-hmm. her. And I was like, back that way. And we all went back. The local deer stalkers would have called us soft, but we were like, back that way. And um, anyway, long of the short, uh, we had a party. There was a party on the mountain. And then our little, we became our first child. And I truly believe, like my daughter, is that, that kind of deer, that deer energy. We lived in Froome. And while we were there, we were like, okay, we're in an old 
council house back then they gave us them gardens when the properties were owned by the people yeah. and th these were houses that were built around just after the war the cornish constructions i think they call them like cancer houses or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, but we it was a nice big garden we were wanting change and we thought okay let's move in here had an old plum tree had a few apples because people forget that there was a point where after the war well, during the war, we had to dig for victory. And our neighbor was Mrs. Angel. She was in her 80s, and she was still digging for victory. She was like digging. She'd be out there in her 80s, digging her potatoes. Yeah. Apparently, her husband was one of the first old boys to grow a bit of cannabis in his greenhouse. Oh, nice. Look, she was a lovely lady. She felt very <laughs> relaxed with us because we had three dogs. We were like on the end. Across the way from us was a Mrs. was Joan. She was an ex-midwife. And next to her was a couple called the Chantings. They were like in their 80s, a husband and wife still together. That was nice to see. And so while we were there, we thought, right, okay, let's tear apart the house. Let's take it back to, the, to what it is. We went, we found a place called Pot Molen Paints. They reconditioned houses organically because obviously a lot of the old houses like batches and stuff, you've got to, it's important to use the old materials like the rabbit glue, the lime putty paints and things like that. So we thought, right, let's put that into this house. People are calling them cancer constructions, but we're not going to pay any attention to that. We bought the house for about 40,000 and we thought that we'd inherited a little bit of money and we thought, let's do the house up and we're going we're gonna to paint it up nicely and we're going to make it breathe and we're going to do the best that we can. But while we were doing that, we started to create gardens. We were, um, were exploring, at the time we were exploring raw foods, vegan food, life food, organic. So we were, and we had a friend in Glastonbury. Uh, I started to work in a bookstore there that sold books to do with uh, organic, uh, no, sun food, life food, mucusless diet system. Yeah. And I was growing ancient sort of psychedelic plants, not to take them, but because they were endangered, like things like the peyote. And uh, so I was, I had hundred year plants and stuff and the, the psychedelic people in, Glastonbury were like Zish could you be our plant man, plant man here mm -hmm. well in between that time as well so I was doing that as a part-time thing and then in Froome in Somerset I was working on the largest organic farm in Britain in England called Pertwood Organics they used to do the green gathering and I was the organic uh, farm gate salesman in the local town so every Wednesday and Saturday I'd be there selling salad packs to the macrobiotic people the organic people so that was kind of yeah that's kind of where i started to have an interest in organic but then i started to learn about biodynamic as well and that yeah. really got my interest and even though like an orange was like 50p an orange i didn't really care i was like wow let me yeah, you know yeah. what is this the, the attention to the details of these particular blood oranges i was like what is this and the lady said, oh, they're biodynamic. And each orange was wrapped in beautiful paper. And it was very, it was very interesting. And so for, people who, time, for people who don't know the difference there between organic and biodynamic, can you lay that up for them? Because biodynamic if I, if I, if I, is based on the work of Rudolf Steiner, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yes. So, so Rudolf Steiner, uh, or Rudolf Steiner, as they call him, was uh, inspired by a man called Goethe. And in, he was around the 1900s. Uh, he's got a really good lecture called the Agricultural Lecture. Now, if you think about it, 
we shouldn't really need a certificate for organic because when you think about it, everything should be organic. We have to ask ourselves, why do we have to have organic? Now, something that I really work with is the doctor's oath, which is Hippocrates, the, 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 the late grandfather of modern medicine. And he said, let food be medicine and medicine be food. But today, we, we should ask ourselves, I think, I think it's like we're only ever really as good as the questions that we ask ourselves. And the, the issue today is, well, is food really food? We're at that point right now, and you, you might go, well, don't be ridiculous. Food's what food that I get from the supermarket. But we know that even places like Whole Foods and the Sainsbury's and all that, they, you know, there are things like the Novel Foods Act, which you can research, which is about uh, bring, you know, GMOs were essentially novel foods. And, you know, we've got GMO foods, irradiated foods, um, fake food. So now it's like, well, so I kind of uplifted that and said, well, uh, let real, natural, organic, you know, soil, alive, rich, you know, good seed <laughs> be natural medicine yeah. and let natural seed be good seed from, you know, grown in good soil, be be what was it let food be medicine and medicine be food so let your natural medicine be that as well so really food should be organic anyway but they've had to create a standard called organic but organic when you think about it everything should be organic anyway and that standard is is kind of like the base level the biodynamic with rudolf steiner you've got the anthroposophy and then you've got the system of growing which is biodynamic now, often you'll get people that are just biodynamic. It's, there's like money to be made now. It's quite neat. Uh, what is it like? Um, quite cool and trendy to be biodynamic. Wines are be becoming biodynamic. Yet they still have um, added sulfite. But then if you put the anthroposophy with the biodynamic, then you've got more of a kind of like, I think they call it thinking, feeling and willing. So it's more of a kind of like, um, it's like bringing in the philosophy, which is like the Rudolf Steiner. He was inspired by Goethe and Goethe was like his like mentor and inspiration, I think. And also another philosopher was, there's another one. Uh, I can't remember. I can't, it's, it's eluded me at the moment, but there's another one that he was inspired by when he was like studying. But essentially what it is, it's in, if I was telling a kid this, it's like the potato when Rudolf Steiner was a kid was no longer the potato that he was eating when he was an adult. It's like the soil had changed, the bees were getting stressed out. Even back then, he was talking about the bees being stressed out, potatoes not being like the potato he remembered as a kid. So it's like trying to get the food back to something a little bit more harmonious and intuitive, I'd say. So it's like, you know, you're doing something, you've been doing it so much, but eventually you're just, you're not thinking, you've kind of stopped and you're just dialing it in. You're connected, you know, you're interconnected. It's like, I could be out there now in the garden, but I'm uh, listening to an audio of Alex. Well, I'm not really gardening, am I? I'm listening to an audio of Alex. Or, you know, I'm out there gardening, but um, I'm thinking about uh, the chemtrails in the sky and what's going on with Trump and the bison. It's like, I'm not really gardening, am I? It's like, it's when we get to that point where we can just go stop. And then you're like, oh, you hear the, oh, the cows are breathing. Oh, the frogs are ribbiting. Ah. <laughs> they call it mindfulness, isn't it? Yeah. So, but, but that's also, quite profound. That's not, quite a profound thing you've said there. But it's not just that as well. There's, there's, real system, there's a real system with it as well. So there's like, a, you could say you're putting in engineering perspective. So you're kind of thinking, okay, well, look, the cows are there. 
The cows have got horns. Look, what's around me? Oh, Darwin's called them weeds. Darwin's given it all a label and a name. No, these horns are here. These forces of nature are here. Oh, there's the herbs here. Ah, you know, and then they start to use, so you've got these preparations and I'm, I'm what I call myself, I don't really do titles like both me and you are practitioners and stuff, but for me, I'm just a dad that knows some stuff and I kind of try and keep myself in that coachability yeah, index, yeah. if you like. And so at the moment, I'm really, I'm like an amateur homesteader because that was the question that you asked me really, wasn't it? It's like, are you living off the land? And to be fair, I was a little bit skeptical if anybody was really able to live off the land, but I'm, Seven years on, I'm now, I came home about seven years ago to do an organic gardening apprenticeship, but I'd heard, what, but what the pull behind that, Alex, was, was um, I heard a wise man say, if you want things in your life to change, and you don't make change, but you're expecting change, then expecting change and not making any change is total insanity. So I had to really pull myself away from that rebellious nature and everything that network and just remove my whole family out of a situation and just plunk us down in wales and i found to be doing an organic gardening apprenticeship over in mccuncliffe but i've been looking seven years for the right home and uh, in between that time i think it's accelerating been learning, learning about going revisiting biodynamics revisiting permaculture learning agroforestry naturally implementing organic strategies and uh, just focusing on seed like good seed yeah, yeah. and really because um because of austerity and because of where we're to right now in the political sphere of things and you know people being pushed onto universal credit and this that and the other we've really got you know and i knew something was going to happen with covid and with the covid I didn't even like saying the term COVID. It's like no, it's, it's horrible. It's cringy. It's horrible. It is, isn't it? It's like it's <laughs> normal. It's like oh, no. with, with, with this um, with this pandemic, pandemic, case pandemic, whatever you want to call it. With that something that was being instigated within the whole sphere of Green New Deal and all these different things. Mm. I thought to myself, I was in a town and I've been up the mountain, down the mountain, up the mountain, down the mountain, back up the mountain. I thought, right, I've got to get out of the town. I had to get out. I was in a really, what you'd call it, a quite a green town, like transition town, which I genuinely thought was real. I thought oil was going to run out. So I, I thought, I, I think I'm a genuinely green person. I was talking to a lady yesterday from Welsh Government, and I said to her, all the things that you spout about, like resilience, community, and all those sorts of things, well, wouldn't it be good if you actually had somebody that's actually genuinely doing it without an agenda, yeah. other than making it happen from within the the mic the micro and then bringing it out like that mm. and she was like oh yeah and then i went on to her instagram and there it was like i've had my covid vaccination i was like oh no <laughs> but she was such a but she was such a nice lady you know we were able to talk about how you know Welsh people used to use you know like going into flu had the flu how we had common sense back then that we would use things that were around us. I think there's a really good man called Dr. John He lived around Utah and he said, eat from underneath your fig tree. He doesn't believe there's any such thing as incurable other than a human being that is that their time is up. Yeah. You know, that's it. You're yeah, gone. Yeah. 
yeah. or somebody that's a hypochondriac. But other than that, he said, if you just eat from underneath your own fig tree. And so, answer to your question, we've been eating from our garden since we moved here in the height of the grow season, which was last June. And we were in the height of the grow season, so we were having to play catch nettles from it every night uh, and anything that we're not eating from we're supporting with our, as they say, vote with your dollars, vote with your yeah, yeah. So if I need butter, and there is no butter, like Welsh one of the myths, in English, you should learn Welsh. And I said, well, that's all well and good, but you're asking me what in English, and two, where's the butter? <laughs> We're, you know, and for me, it's like we're living in a, a language that is a living language, yet there's no butter. And for me, you know, knowing that the Welsh people were one of the, in that sphere of longevity, like a blue zone, when you haven't got that mother of the butter, mother of the cow, that, that living, the Rudolf Steiner, that interconnected, you know, once the families were all here, they weren't going out to work, they, they were all in the system was the work, wasn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. you had to feed yourself, you had to heat yourself, you had to prepare the house for winter, you had to grow your oats, you know, it was with the, there was a family of seven down there, you know, it would have been that's how it was, and it wasn't just there, it was every single place. And the shepherd was a shepherd. He was probably protecting his cattle from the wolf yeah, and yeah. what you see in Romania. So so, on Zish, way- let me ask you a question, Zish, about this. Yeah. Right? So, regarding the biodynamic farming, for example, could that sustain seven? If if seven billion people is correct on the planet, because we don't know that, we're just going off figures, right? Seven billion people could biodynamic farming sustain that? Uh. Because the question comes in for the depopulation thing. That once again, the COVID scenario. That that's a big conspiracy, whether you like to label it that or not. Could could farming such as what you've said there, could it handle that many people? Okay, so so this is how me and you connected really, wasn't it? I asked yes. the question. Yes. I asked the question, I asked the question on my Facebook, uh, can I do and the reason I was asking that question, because I was asking that question right here on this land. Right. As a farmer. Now, I'm of a farmer that's gone into retirement right now. He's old labor. And, uh, and we come to loggerheads, I think they call it. We, 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 we genuinely, the first moment I met him, I met him on my... So am I allowed to go a little bit sort of deep and wide with this? Just yes, tell you man, a go story, with it. But, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so, so I came up here. You couldn't have planned how this happened. Coronavirus was happening. I was genuinely really confused, concerned about coronavirus. I'd listened to Dr. Francis Boyle through Alex Jones, love him or hate him, Marmite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I, I'm the same age as him, and I kind of, I like it when he kind of loses it. I kind of like, I connect to that kind of like, you know, he's, he's, a, he's Animalistic a, a nature, brother. like. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, turn the freaking frogs gay! <laughs> genuinely, genuinely channels it. And I was like, I hadn't listened to him for ages. And how I know Alex is through... He does. He did some. Re- when I was a kid, when I was sixteen, I was going down. A, I was going down a few paths. 
One path was if I had stayed in Newport, I would have become a heroin addict. I'd probably be dead today. Wouldn't mm. be here. Mm. I was I was I was from a broken family. The police told me to leave my house. He was an old punk. My mum wanted me out. It was it was challenged, and I I didn't know where I was to. I was bloody confused. And I had to get out. And someone gave me a Nexus magazine. I don't know who it was. And back then, when I was sixteen, I read this article. Harp. Angels don't play this harp. That's John Rappaport. John Rappaport, great individual, The Matrix Revealed, encourages people to exercise this thing called logic. You go to any university today, you go anywhere, and you say to them, should I have the foundations of logic? Do I need rhetoric? Do I need all these different things? And they'll go to you, no, you don't need these things. Just come in here and get brainwashed by our agenda because we're taking the Chinese money. I'm like, oh my God, you know, so, but I, I, I kind of questioned that and I was like, okay. Back to John Rappaport, uh, chemtrails, geoengineering, all that kind of stuff. Then Alex, and then there was another thing about water, don't drink the water, it's got plastics in it, it's got xenoestrogens. And so through that whole thing, as a father 20 years ago, I was interested in the works of Mike Adams. He's the health ranger. Now they deplatformed Alex and they deplatformed Mike. When I found out they deplatformed them both, because when we first came onto Facebook about 10, 12 years ago, we were talking about vaccines back then. We were talking, we were stopping deadly vaccines back then. And I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that word, but it doesn't you know, matter. I, I've already I, been demonetized. Don't worry, we've done already. Oh, uh, yeah. No, just, the reason I just said that was because I, yesterday I posted Cursive Nature on my Facebook, and they were like, you can't post for 30 days. And I'm like, that's really unfair. <laughs> Yeah. I, was just, I was just doing a little social experiment to see if it worked. It didn't work. It was a, it was a trick. So you've got to be real. We're in an age of discernment. And so when I heard Francis Boyle on Alex Jones, because I think Alex has some really interesting people come on, like ex-Black Panther people, and you know, people that really were part of those movements. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, you, you, you know the, the, the movements have been hijacked. They, you know, I'm a genuinely green person. I came here to do organic gardening. I've worked for organic farms. I put my money where my mouth is. I don't vaccinate my children. I've really want to unlearn, relearn, and learn again. Mm. And so when I came here to Wales, I was supposed to be doing organic gardening, but it didn't happen. I couldn't find the right home. So I went up the mountain. I came down the mountain. All the while, I was like learning from uh, people doing agroforestry. What's this? Went over and learned that. That's an interesting system which we can talk about on another podcast. Yeah, yeah, sure, because, sure. because your answer is really, it's a really good question. So when I walked up here that day, coronavirus was happening. I was, I'd got myself a mask. All the masks were coming out of China. China had bought back the masks. That was a concern. Um, if you were to get me to go and work, because I'm a, you know, I'm a working class, you know, I, I'd be. Someone would say to me, "I'm self-employed." They'd be like, "Zish, can you come and clean my floors?" I'd say, "Yeah, I come and clean your floors, but that's toxic chemicals on there. You're going to have to buy me a respirator." I've worked in pine. I said, "I'm not wearing that white mask. I need a charcoal mask. I'm not. Yeah. That mask is yeah. rubbish." So I've always used exercise, common sense when it's come to my nose. I've got a very sensitive nose. And I don't really want to breathe in harsh chemicals. We're practitioners. We, we, we don't do it just by the food that we eat or one part of that. It's no, a whole life. It's holistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're living it by, you know, from the pillow on your head to the blanket over you. So I was, when I heard from Francis Boyle about coronavirus, SARS coronavirus, and where it came from, I was concerned. Uh, I've got two children with an incurable diagnosis. I was, I, I had a carbon respirator people were looking at me like crazy i was telling the postman they thought i was insane then i slowly 
went through it. I, I, I was starting to uh, get into the st st stocking, stashing, stocking up on peanut butter, certain oils, fats, this and that and the other. I was like, oh my God, what is this? What, what is actually happening? I was in an area that we take a lot of money from China. Within all of that, I was aware of 5G. I was aware that the blue LED lighting that they've put into the towns and the infrastructure of the uh, smart city gulags, my friend Mark calls them, you know, yeah, that yeah. was going into place. I could see that we were taking a lot, we've, you know, we're not like California, we've only, like Harvard, they've taken 200 million. We took 2 million from Confucius Society in Lampeter. Lampeter University has got a university there. I've got to kind of give you this little grounding because then it's, I'm going to be able to unravel and pick what you're actually saying. But uh, my friend Aubrey that was doing the classics in Lamperty University. Lamperty University is like a mini Oxford. The clergy came here during the time, there's a really good series called Taboo. And during that time, the, we had the East Indian Tea Company and they're going out all over the world creating mayhem, like legal pirates for the queen or the king. And, um, and one of the physicians decided to dedicate his whole this whole library that he'd collected he was a physician for the east indian tea company and he gave it to lampeter now lampeter university is based on oxfordshire but that university was to basically indoctrinate the welsh into the clergy that were then going to obviously indoctrinate the welsh villages it's like the it's like the missionaries isn't it you know mm -hmm. and sort of spread that kind of like that out well the chinese are now there my friend aubrey who does the the, the classics are oh, on 20% on 20% battery um, who does the who does the uh, classics was like Zish you've got to come along and come and listen to these uh, doctorates talking about um, their what they're talking about and the Chinese are there and I was okay I'm going to go there the green people are there the um, the anthropology has been seized it's all been seized and they, I've got in there and they're all talking about uh, they're talking and then Extinction Rebellion's happening Greta's happening, oh, yeah. and I'm thinking, and, I, and I'm in sweat lodges with green people, and they're talking, and I'm there in this Navajo beauty way, and I'm going for it, you know, and I'm like, yeah, let it go, and, and at the end, we've got to say our thanks, and I'm saying thanks to the children of Syria, because I'm very conscious about the, the, the trafficking going on, and all that stuff with the Yazidi Christians, and all these different groups going out there, because I'm genuinely concerned about what's going on in the world for the children, the children in Afghanistan, Syria, Lebanon, all over the world. And I'm kind of there thinking to myself, and I'm saying, giving thanks to the children, and they give thanks to Greta. So I come away thinking, who's Greta? You know, and I'm in this meeting with these PhD doctorates, and they're talking about this thing called global citizenship. And this is the Chinese are there talking about global citizenship. And I'm listening to them talking about global citizenship. And I've been listening to Jordan Peterson and I'm listening and I'm, so I'm learning about overpopulation. I'm learning about the climate. I'm, I'm learning from Oxford professors, but I'm here with these Chinese people and I don't know what's going on right now in China. I've always thought China was pretty awesome, you know, learning Qigong, yeah, yeah, masters yeah. of ginseng and longevity powers of the goji berry the hoshu wu the raishi mushrooms for me that's how i look at it you know like reeling the iron and you know building with king monkey like monkey magic and i'm like yeah you know, this is good. <laughs> but i'm not he, but i'm not knowing about falun dong people and yeah. the Uyghur people if that's how you pronounce it you know the minority muslim living on the mountains yeah, of the yeah, himalaya yeah. Mm. you know and the way that the, the himalayan 
needs better to be treated. Yes, yeah. Maybe Afghan people, and you know, and, and, and now they're seizing up Africa. And I didn't really know what communism was, but I had a friend that was living there. And then I was listening to the Chinese. I was making friends with these Chinese people, but they were telling me we were about Chinese culture. Then then talking to me about, and through Alex, I'm learning about what's going on in China. And my friend Nick's actually in China. And then we're hearing about Greta telling us about the climate and we're going to die and we're not going to forgive you. And I'm like, one minute, why aren't you in China? You know, mm. China's like a mass polluter. There's not, you know, they're only allowed to have two people. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, and while I'm there, they're talking about global citizenship. So you can hear, and I'm there going, one minute, you folks, you know, this is great, but is this a utopian or a dystopian vision that you're creating? And I said, you folks, quite a few times. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying you folks. And I'm aware that I'm with all these master degree PhDs. Yeah, I'm with yeah. all the lecturers. And they're there. And they've heard me say you folks a few times. You're trying to and separate the, yourself, the, aren't you? The Confucius ladies, like, going, oh, they think I'm attacking. But I'm not. I'm there like mm. a little student, taking learning. down notes, yeah. listening, learning. I've been invited by somebody there. And I'm, like, wanting to understand it. So I asked the question, I said, aren't you before we go for this whole global thing, isn't it important that you first get your own backyard rights? 100%. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, so there's, there's no smoke without fire. So we don't really, so the day that I walked up here, one, there's the virus things happening. Two, I've already been looking. I'm grateful for my lot in life, but I'm unsatisfied. I think that's really important is like, because I, I, I know that it pushes me towards better. I'm living in a town, I'm writing to MPs, there's blue LED lighting, it's proving that it's causing cancer, everybody's on their smartphones. Um, you know, we could save people, um, women, if they sort out their couple of lifestyle changes, breast cancer's on the increase, um, male infertility's on the increase, blue LED lighting's on the increase. It shouldn't be in our infrastructure of our towns. They're bringing in these these 5G things and all these different things. And I'm, I'm, I'm writing to people saying, well, look, look at the science, you know, not the scientism. Yeah, look yeah. at the scientific papers. Look at this stuff. And they're not they're not getting back to me. So I'm in the town. I said to my wife, I said, Kate, I got I'm a family of six. I said, I've got three dogs as well. All zero vaccination, homeopathy, natural parenting. And I'm saying to them, I'm saying, look, let's get the guard up and running, bursting at the seams, get the allotment bursting at the seams. And once we've done that, we'll look at the next chapter. So in between that time, Alex, I'm going, I'm looking in the permaculture magazine. I'm looking in the biodynamic, because I, I, I sometimes write for the biodynamic uh, magazine. I'm, I'm looking at the sustainable food trust. I'm looking because I'm grateful, but I know that but I've got my allotment, but I'm, I'm unsatisfied. I'm having to use tap water on my sea. We're inspiring the allotment. The allotment's bursting at the seams. Our house is bursting at the seams. And I end up going up to Scotland to look at a biodynamic farm. I was going to take on a biodynamic herbal nursery. But even there, I could see how it had been infiltrated by the whole Scottish parliament. There was no unpasteurized food. And I ended up coming away from there. Seven years I've been looking. I've been on an organic farm. Um, I've been on walled gardens, all these different things. There's even a, a backstory of how I got to this seven years of like searching, having my fourth child. And I got, while I was in the town, uh, I, I got to a point when the body came out from Scotland, I was like, I'm not looking anymore. I'm just gonna knuckle down here. I'm gonna push through this. And maybe I'm gonna start to open up Lampeter, use all the waste grounds, 
you know, all the apple trees that are forgotten now, Alex, all the apples going onto the ground just being wasted. Yeah. So I was going to all the old apple trees, making cider vinegar, doing the whole um, Lampeter to Aberystwyth, Lampeter to Aberiron, Lampeter to Cardigan, collecting apples and making cider vinegar for a whole year. Nice. And I was talking to people, making that connection, learning, and then I think I was probably going to start to implement that in the town. So, over, so the reason I'm saying to you, well, so I've got off and I'm like a spider. I've gone off in two. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. gone off in a few directions. The thing is, they're all interlinked. It's all like one big holistic web, and it, it's easy to do that. Yes, yes. So, so, so where I'm, so where I'm to is, I walked up. So one of the strands is I walked up here on my son's birthday during the lockdown with the Francis Boyle and the concern of what was about to happen. I didn't know what was what was coming. I knew I had to get out of the town. And I said to Kate, I'm not looking anymore. And then during the first lockdown, which was a really beautiful few days, and I was doing my bit there to help empower and educate the Chinese and the Welsh, just coming at it from a place of strength. And we haven't won wars from a state of weakness or victim consciousness. My granddad was called Victor. We've, we've, got, we've got here from digging or no digging for victory. So I was really coming at it from that sphere. And I said, Kate, shall I go for this? And she was, and I'd already made the decision not to. It's a wonderful lockdown. We were making the most of it. And I was doing the best to empower and give. And there's a really beautiful story about what happened to my son's birthday on March the 19th. And we can talk about that someday. I'm aware now I've only got 10%. This battery just goes. We'll, we'll do a part two if you like. We'll, we'll wrap this up in yeah. five, 10 minutes and then we'll, we'll do yeah. a part two. Okay. And yeah, and I can talk about what happened during the lockdown and how I empowered mm. people there and all the food was gone and everyone had bought all the toilet paper and that, that focus. Do you yeah. see it's that yeah. focus? You get what you think about most of the time. And, and so Kate said, just go for it. So I walked up here, I spoke to the man, I walked two miles most people won't do that but i walked i was like okay i'm gonna walk it's a beautiful day it was my son's birthday he's gonna be again he's gonna be six on the 16th of this month april 2021 mm. and uh and i walked here and two people that are really important to me giles chaplin he's passed away now he used to do the first hippie rock festivals back in the 70s think gong music and percolator and hawkwind and deep purple and you know and and so i so he was he passed away and i was walking with him he was like he was by my side this giant gentle giant related to charlie chaplin basque aristocracy another lady called margaret who lives literally two miles down there in an old mill that she'd reconditioned she was battling leukemia and she never let it get her down the most industrious 80 90 year old i've ever met and she was battling the cancer she was on the the kefir and she was she was out in all winds and rain, and she was a draftswoman. And that man and woman, the alpha, omega, the yin, the yang, mm. the, the polarity, the, you know, the, the man, the woman, the fulcrum, we were walking together. It was like spirit. It was like just walking with me, guiding me. And I was walking up this mountain, and I didn't know where I was coming to. I'd been up the mountains of Scotland. I thought it was up there. I physically had to go to Scotland. And there was no whiskey up there, the Ushkebeh. There was no meat up there. And it's like, one minute, you know, where's the salmon? Where's the whiskey? This land is <laughs> off this place. Our, yeah. gr our grandmother lived into her 80s, 90s from the whiskey and yeah. the salmon. So you can't tell me that we haven't got here with this greatness. We've come, you know, the, the clansmen going and 
stealing someone's cattle and coming back, you know, and the Picts, you know, the Romans had to build the wall because they weren't welcome there. Like the mm -hmm. Afghans originally during Victoria's Wars, sending, killing all of the British and sending out one physician to tell the story. There's something in that, you know, it's like we're protecting what we have here. We're protecting our family, our children, our dogs, our livelihood, our culture. The, you know, the, the mother, the mother of the wisdom. So when I got here to this mountain, as I got to the entrance and I met some interesting human beings on the way here, and I kept looking and looking and I kept walking and I came to the old walls and the liking and the wild hedgerow. And I'm always looking, you know, God's given us this vision or this sight and the hears and the listening or the creator or whatever has given us this something. You know, like I was saying, like when you, you get out of the chatter and you're in this mindfulness and you're there and you're like, okay. I'm, and I got to the entrance, Alex, and there was like yin yang, black cow. Um, sandy cow, highland cattle, like yeah, like, yeah. like this, mm. like a, like like a mushroom or like the Fibonacci, and I was like, what highland cattle? <laughs> I didn't know I was coming. And then I got down here and I seen this very gentle farmer. He's been here for the last forty years, old labour. You know the, the the ones that remember battling Thatcher and all these different mm. things. I, I was born. I suppose I'm like a don't like it, but I'm like a Thatcher's children. I remember when the milk was taken out of the schooling and all these sorts of things I heard about it, but it's really good to be amongst those that were actually in it. Mm. And so back to this whole, are we overpopulated and being here with this farmer and being here where the university was still a university, but then listening to people like Sir Roger Scruton that was kind of battling around those sixties where we had the, the privilege and they're fighting in Paris, but they're fighting the working class and then the, the miners are fighting the police and all this kind of stuff. But then he positioned himself because communism was still existing back then and thinking, one minute, you're fighting what then would have been a proper policeman, not this social, social justice warrior kind of yeah. policeman, mm. policewoman. You, there, was, there was even then you had to be a certain class, didn't you, to be a... But my kids even look at it different, like, differently to that because I home educate my children. Mm. And, you know, my children will say to you, well, Dad, once upon a time, we were the police. Once yeah. upon a time, we were the army. Mm. You know, it wasn't so, like, like you said, it's, it's division. You mentioned that, didn't you? Like, we're divided. Yeah. You know, it's like everything's like in audited Brazil, you know, like paperwork, audit, pen pushing. And yeah. So the reason I'm getting to this is because I feel there's a philosophy where we really don't really know. It's like... There's this whole world of flat earth people. I'm not a yeah. flat earth person. I'm not a round earth person. I'm very much a grounded, earthy person that never really got science as a kid anyway. Yeah. had an Afghan grandmother that didn't speak any English. And I was like the only Muslim in a Christian school, which, by the way, wasn't an issue. It just felt a little bit different. But I had an auntie that used to feed me bacon on the weekends and give me bits of side because <laughs> she was Catholic, you know. And it's like, so for me, I'm just very much... British, you know, best of the British, mm. living in the soil, little bit of a hooligan, and never really got school because I had that Afghan granny that didn't speak any English. It left me with a little bit of kind of like, what's going on out there? Yeah, you know, yeah. read mm. the classics as a kid, kind of didn't really get to school. So when someone says to me, we're overpopulated, <laughs> If I show you where I am right now, yeah. we're not overpopulated. Mm. If I fly over, if I fly on an aeroplane going to California or New York and I look out, 
we're not overpopulated. No. We're a vast space. You know, you mm-hmm. listen to someone, you know, we're a vast space, you know, like a planet. Yeah. And we're this vast something and we just don't know. And what we do know, I've sat with great herbalists and that was part of why I'm here. Because you, you, I'm still at the first question that you've asked me in those little questions because they're all really important. You know, like mm. the biodynamic, can we sustain ourselves? You know, why did you land here? And it's like this, I feel like we've achieved it, Alex. I feel like we've got to where we need to get to and we're like, we're all reverse engineering mm. this journey to this heaven upon earth the paradise is here upon earth you know like what we how we leave this place where we're to right now which we don't really know what it is yeah yeah. you know some people say we're information it's information it's you know it's like we don't know you know you listen to dr tom cowan and we just don't know and i think when you come from that place of like awe and inspiration and i just don't think we're overpopulated i think it's like we said i think it's if we were not so stressed out by all these things that we're having to be you know, like people having to get stressed out about, you know, like not being able to think, not being able to have that space yeah, yeah. to create new steps of change. Mm. You know, each mm. new hour holds new passage, a new beginning. Mm. The horizon leans forward, offering a space to create new steps of change. I think that was Mayor Angelo spoke that at the inauguration, but I heard it as the kid in the rave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then heard it on a rocky and diesel like record i found for a pound and yeah. then then i heard mayor angelo because i was like really into like what she was all about mm. and i think it's like when we can push beyond the pain the pain will push you until the vision pulls you mm. and and um i think you know like biodynamic i it's you know are you gonna is everyone gonna feel you know the anthroposophia no but i think if we can just focus on like true community true resilience yeah, yeah yeah you know like you know the climate's changing well i don't think anyone really wants the planet to implode you know i don't no. think you know i think we're, we've really got a good opportunity here you know but i don't think it's what they've made us to believe like no, you know i always yeah, yeah. thought you know there's i think there's you know like why haven't they we could look at it from a if what but like maybe one time we could just talk about laser it in on just climate mm. and i've got enough resource into why you know i think we need to look at why they're chemtrailing us and yeah. why they're trying to distract us i think all of it's a distraction mm. to remove us away from what really matters i agree with that which yeah. is and I, and I don't really do the eckhart toll thing i can't i can't you know maybe i just haven't evolved enough to be able to listen to him mm. but i just can't do that it's too here and now Whereas yeah. I, I've got so much energy yeah, yeah. And, and many of us will have energy and it's like, and I think that's really important. It's like some people will be able to listen to, to Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. Some people will be able to listen to Abraham. Mm. Some people will be Rudolf Steiner. Mm. Some people will be organic. Yeah, some yeah. people will be paleo hunter. Yeah, some yeah. people will be, and I think if we just follow our path of what's enriched us, when we've been kids like you might be my friend Declan is very much into special brew so I'll say to him again back to that Dr. John Christopher drink from underneath your own fig tree or your own apple tree or your own pine tree or whatever it is and if you do that and you can get to that place you know for me it was 
having a good strong woman having good strong yeah. children yeah. you know and, and and still rebound rebounding you know because mm. i've come from addiction i've mm. come from obsession mm. you know i've been around i said i've been around spiritual new age cults yeah you know i've pushed them prodded them <laughs> you know the sufis the hindus the the harry krishnas i push them i'm here to disrupt mm. and i th- think that's what we're here to do we're here to like you know it's to break free of the me that everyone else wants us to be so i don't think we're overpopulated no i think and i don't think so okay well that's a great answer i wasn't expecting all that (laughs) but that was a great answer zish i'm conscious that the time you're found yeah we're gonna go on let's let's leave it for here that's part one let's do part two early next week or something if you can get the time together all right all right alex yeah thanks for having me cheers Um, zish top man thank you yeah, really enjoyed it. Have a good one, man. Uh, and, the you, wind, and the wind went. The wind went. It did. It, it looked. It, it didn't sound very good. But then as I got here, it's what it is. Just quickly, they're so chemtrailing us. This, I'm having these dialogues at the moment with old Labour, mm. and he even gets it. It's like they've really, you know, it's like we've got to just push through. Yeah, it's like this. Yeah. He he gets it. I get it. And like and once in a while, we'd be like. And then, it, and then yesterday, he turned up with this <laughs> jar of honey. I actually left the mountain with a jar of honey on my son's birthday. You couldn't have planned it. And I think, it, you know, it's like, we've got to just trust that, be it, and I'm, I'm conscious as well. I'm just going to try and get, it, get this in. God, Allah, uh, Jesus, Rama, Yeshua, Hamashiach, all of them, whoever it is, just buckle into that. If you buckle into whoever, what your din is, your path is, and trust you know, it's like that. We've got to just get rid of the hope, get rid of the, oh, the you know, and just just buckle down and, and mm. rhino through. That's what mm. I'm doing, you know, just trusting, you know, and it's just like we're in the right, we're at the right place in the right time. We're all here together. Didn't know Alex was going to l- bring me in. And then I went to your first one and I seen the connection to, I can't remember his name now, but the bearded warrior, you know, Ross <laughs> on your Instagram. Yeah, Ross. Yeah, Ross yeah. Wood. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah. Hey, we are brothers, you know, <laughs> from from another. I was like, hey. Did you meet Ross through Peter Sage? I haven't really met Ross. We, me and Ross oh. have just kind of like we haven't yet physically connected, but we're oh, okay. interwoven. We cross dialogues often, and I was yeah, like, yeah. there he is again. Yeah, you know, yeah. But it's but my friend Mark's in the Black Country. My friend Mark. Marco Schneid. He's like an MMA fighter. Okay. So he's over near you and. That whole area, I try and I've often gone through there, like collecting bonsais and stuff. And on that right. border, the Y Valley border, you've got really good water. If you can get over to Cold Harbour mm. near Tinton Abbey, there's mm. amazing water there. Oh, it's really good. Know. Anyway, yeah, thanks man. for having me. Cheers, um, top man. I'll, I'll give you a message and we'll arrange next week. All right, Alex. Have a great thanks, day. Thanks, Bye, Peace, buddy. Brother. Have a happy Bye. Friday. Bye. Bye.